Hello and welcome to the Fate to Go podcast. <laughs> I don't know. If we get a cease and, desist le- cease and desist letter from Usher himself, then we will delete the podcast episode. But I don't think that's going to happen. So until then, now I'll just do the actual music. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast. Your on-the-go resource for everything you need to have faith discussions with your friends, with your family, and at home, and at home. My name is my little Sonia, and I am the youth minister here at St. Paul's Cathedral. And I'm Jackie Pippen, and I'm the digital resource curator. And again this week, David is not with us, but he is with his new baby and his wife, and they're just chilling at home, so... He's with us in spirit. Yes, he is. And we have a thing to say for him. Um, Like a point to make about the gospel like we do every week, but he's just not here. So, Jackie, how's Japan going? The nation? Uh, Japan is good. We have finally hit what I would call springtime. Let it be known, folks, that this is a podcast (laughs) for the week of July 29th, 2018. I'm so excited, and my first set of tomatoes have started to ripen. Again? Didn't they, didn't you have some tomatoes that were ripe? Nope. I haven't been able to pick any tomatoes yet. Oh, those will be good. Those will definitely yeah, be I'm good. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm pumped. Springtime. I love springtime tomatoes. <laughs> boy, oh boy. So as I mentioned from that, that this is the podcast for the week of July 29th, 2018. We are in proper 12, or like the 10th week after Pentecost, however you want to say that in your daily vernacular. (laughs) Um, So we are, today we're in the Gospel of John, so last week we were in Mark, and if you remember from last week, or you want to go pause this and go over there and check it out, which you probably don't, so I'll let you know. Um, When we read last uh, week's Gospel with the Book of Mark, it actually omitted the famous story about the loaves and the fish. Um, it had done the verses right before it and then skipped to the verses right after. So we thought that was interesting, but we hear about it today in John's version, though, um, and then a little bit more. So I'll let Jackie read that. This is John 6, 1 through 29. And yeah, go ahead, Jackie. After this, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. When he looked up and saw a large crowd coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get even a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many people? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down, about five thousand in all. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when they had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they were satisfied, he told the disciples, gather up the fragments left over, so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled twelve baskets. 
When the people saw the sign of what he had done, they began to say, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. When Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the Sea of Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because of a strong wind was blowing. When they rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea, coming near the boat, and they were terrified. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. Then they wanted to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the land toward which they were going. Thanks, Jackie. Okay, so, as I had mentioned before, I will be reading what we have uh, dubbed David's Point. And I'm going to be taking us at the very end of the story where it says, when Jesus was walking on the water, what we just heard, and they were, and he was coming near the boat, and they were terrified. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. I think when I see the Holy Spirit working in my life in new and different ways, it, it is kind of terrifying because we have, as humans, we, we, we think there are certain ways in which things are done. And so when the Holy Spirit goes and do, does something and works in our lives in a great and creative uh, and fruitful way, it, it might not match up to what we expect or what the world expects. And that can, frankly, be quite terrifying. It's in our best interest simply to trust him. Because when we try to fight the current, no pun intended, um, and try to really move against what he's saying or really kind of resist how the Holy Spirit is moving in our lives or continue to be terrified and gripped with that fear, it certainly isn't helpful and we do suffer a good amount. So just trusting the Holy Spirit as it works, the way it works, um, which is easier, much easier said than done. But we've said it kind of before on this podcast, and there's a reason for that, because it is said multiple times in multiple ways throughout the Gospels. So I think that's a point worth highlighting. Jackie, what yes. did you think about this Gospel? Um, you know, this, this Gospel is a lot. But the thing that really struck me when I read it yesterday in preparation for this was um, the phrase from verse 12, when they were satisfied. I think that this is a, this really struck me as something, um, you know, in, this is something that my husband and I joke a lot about. When I was in undergrad, you know, I was very much living paycheck to paycheck, um, to make ends meet. And then going to seminary on a scholarship is a crazy experience because you come out on the other side with a master's and with no debt, you're automatically in this higher income bracket. Um, and, and that is something that I'm still getting used to. Uh, like for me, like being rich is having batteries before you need them. Right. Um, (laughs) but that element of, being satisfied and not being so worried about scarcity that you have to stockpile everything and hoard for yourself and the notion of just eating until you're satisfied and then passing it on. I think that that's really powerful um, in, in talking about how we're called to live in this world and how tending to our satisfaction and then stopping 
allows us to provide for others and allows mm-hmm. us to provide for those in our community and allows us to be fulfilled and then some. I mean, I think I think this generally applies to, um, you know, uh, white middle class individuals that have this luxury of being able to be satisfied and then have an abundance. Um, but I also think that that's largely what our churches are filled with. We are filled with people that have enough room to take what they're satisfied, have an abundance and then be able to give it back. Right. Right. Because right. If you're willing to help, then, then please do, you know, that was weird, but yeah. But also, you know, it, you know, in a society where we like to buy in bulk, what, you know, what does it mean to buy in bulk to take what you need and then, and then to do something else with that? You know, right. where, what are organizations that also need those things when you're buying in bulk for a good deal? Also, just in a society where being like living lavishly and perhaps not sustainably and beyond our means is fairly normal. Um, you know, I it's not expected to live under your means. Like if you can afford a certain lifestyle, then you will do it. Um, you know, like I get that. Like what does it mean to buy in bulk in, in a consumerist society, an extremely consumerist society? Um, how do we discern when we're satisfied and what we can leave for other people and what we can give to other people? Right. Um, as far as resources, but also just like kindness <laughs> and and physical things, but also not so physical and tangible things as well. Um, so, right. Yeah. So when to know when to take and when to give, honestly. And that's just an art in any way. But I think the God is particularly calling us to that in this story. So my thing um, on verse 15, when, when Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. And then it's after that that he meets up with the disciples um, on the lake. And man, let's take a second to process that. Because... <laughs> I mean, wait, wait, what? Uh, I need a minute. Okay. Do, okay. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. No, you're good. It, it, it's just shocking to me in a very power, kind of what we're talking about on a societal standpoint, how power hungry people are that Jesus resisted becoming a king to a point where it said made a king by force <laughs> that they were going to make him king and he wouldn't have much choice about it. And I just, we know that isn't Jesus's style, um, that he could have been elevated to this position, but that he, he knew that's not what he was called to do. And so he avoided that, but with withdrawing to the mountains, because we see time and time and again, like how humble Jesus was all the way to, you know, washing his disciples feet to just, he really valued his own humility and, and the humility of others. Um, that he did not come to be served, but to serve. And that being a king was not his style. Um, and I think this, this speaks to, he didn't need to be a king. Like he didn't need to have that title and that automatic reverence or respect. He was a natural leader that people really respected to the point where they weren't encouraging him to be a king, but he didn't need that. 
because he was a natural leader. And I think also, uh, you know, he wasn't called to be a king. Right. And what are we, what, what are we called by God to do in our lives? Um, and, and I think this is especially appropriate to talk about in the church setting, um, because we have young adults and children, um, and young people who want to get involved and immediately there's pressure at any interest shown that they should go to seminary and they should be ordained. And I think there's power in allowing room for people to be called to different things. But also be servants in a lay setting. Like I totally yes, get that. Yes, like you're to allowed definitely. to be a servant, not only allowed, but encouraged to be a servant of God. And you can do it beyond the capacity of being a priest. Like you should be able to do it past the capacity of being a priest. And a priest right. should, yeah. And so how do we how do we do a better job? Like if we're still struggling with this when we can read that this happened so long ago, like how do we do a better job at supporting especially young people in the church to 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 help listen to what they are called to do and to help discern that instead of telling them oh yeah what they should be thinking about listen to them and listen with them you know and, yes um, i think we're done there with all that so i'm just going to review some of the points we have for you to take home and kind of discuss at home with your friends and with your family you know um those points there we have david's point which was to not be afraid and not be uh particularly resistant or try to reason and put through the strain of logic the way that God works in our lives and how he reveals himself and how we see him working um, and and just accept it and, and not be t- too resistant to that. Jackie's thing from um, was about being aware of when God works in your life and you are being blessed when are you satisfied and being self-aware in that sense and when there is a surplus how is that used and how and can that be used to fulfill other people as well and and then we reflected on that in a more wider societal base and then the last thing which was my thing was about um jesus and how he did not feel called to be a king and about listening was the main thing that we discussed with that was listening to young people listening to everyone in in vocation and also to listen to God and, and pay attention and be aware of that through all of this, right? Through the being satisfied, through listening to how the Holy Spirit's working and observing that. So discernment goes through all of that. So Jackie's going to read that again, hopefully if she may. And yes. um, we will see if we hear anything pop out after we discuss those things. John 6, 1 through 21. After this, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up the mountain and sat down there with the disciples. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. When he looked up and saw a large crowd coming towards him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he knew himself what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. 
One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they among so many people? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down, about five thousand in all. Jesus took the loaves, and when they had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. And so also the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told the disciples, Gather up the fragments left over, so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled twelve baskets. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. When Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the Sea of Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. And when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were terrified. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. Then they wanted to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the land toward which they were going. Thanks, Jackie. Well, that brings us to the end of our podcast. If you have enjoyed it, please take the time to review it so that other people can find it online. And make sure to subscribe so that we're always in your weekly feed. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.